Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm just good business. I'm Ian Alex. <laughs> this week, uh, we are taking a look at uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Is it Caribbean yep. or Caribbean? I think I've been I saying it's... Is it like a tomato-tomato situation? It might Does it be. really not matter? That's possible. Let's go with that. I don't feel like okay. trying to figure it, it out. Does, it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, should I just go ahead and do the st- scores? Okay, can I, can I just say, this is totally going to date this podcast. I just saw Kingsman 2 yesterday, and I've been ranting about that to Tyler for the past like 45 minutes before we were supposed to talk start talking about Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So if I seem a little scatterbrained or off off the rails, that's <laughs> why. Because that movie's like totally messed up my brain. The reason spoilers, we spoilers, I didn't I didn't like it very much. Uh, the reason we <laughs> do this podcast is because Alex tends to have very emotional responses to movies. So uh Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> I didn't like it. Moving on. So at World's End, directed by Gore Verbinski from 2007, it has a 45% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 72% audience score. Uh, the critic score is the lowest of the Pirates movies so far, and the audience score is the exact same as it was for Dead Man's Chest. Hmm. Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about this movie? Ugh. Um, can I can, can I just go ahead and say this movie is much better than Dead Man's Chest? Yes. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> Um, the best thing I can say about it is probably the overall conclusion, just the ending in general, maybe not the, quite the third act, but like the, the ending to the character arcs and everything. Um, crap, you took mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, all of that I think works very well. Um, we can dive into, we're going to have to dive into everybody individually, I think, but. That's my. It does stick the landing for this for this trilogy. I think. Um, yeah, it takes a while to get there because exactly. this movie's way too long. But it gets there, and there's still a lot of problems in the first two acts, and some problems in the third act. Um, yeah, it kind of the uh, this movie and the last movie. The last movie really just starts on a low note, like with all the um, Cannibal Island stuff, and then it, it right. sort of builds up. You know, kind of, and this movie sort of does the same thing where it jump. It, it, there, again, there's some weirdness with the um, the stuff in Singapore and Singapore, and then the stuff in Davy Jones' locker sure. gets super and, weird. And, and from there, it kind of builds back up again. I don't think it goes quite as low as the first movie goes, but it's still it's overly convoluted. Um, which I guess that's probably my worst thing is just that. Yeah, if my if my my best thing's the ending, my worst thing's probably the beginning because. It's just yeah. very messy, and there's there's characters that don't need to be in the movie, and there's lots of weird questions about why characters are acting certain ways, and I don't know. It just gets very strange. Yeah, I, I would say the first half is about as bad as Dead Man's Chest, but the second half is actually pretty solid. Too right. sometimes Sometimes good. Right. N- nothing ever quite hits... The, the, the peak that is the first movie minus sure. maybe the last like 10-15 minutes mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a very mixed bag yep. um okay I'll, I'll just go ahead and kind of ape off your, your best thing um 
But I'm I'm specifically just going to say the last like few scenes of the movie. Pretty much once they drop Elizabeth off on the island and she has like her goodbyes with everyone on the Black Pearl like that onwards. It's very similar to Dark Knight Rises, sure. which I I I still think Dark Knight Rises is a much better movie than this. Sure. Um but it's very similar in terms of it's it has its ups and downs, but the ending really sticks the landing for mm-hmm. me in terms of just the emotional beats and payoffs where I, I think most of the characters get very satisfying conclusions and I'm very happy with it and I'm satisfied and if it were the last movie I would be completely okay with that uh, despite me being okay with <laughs> numbers 4 and 5 of this series uh, but I really like where they leave off Elizabeth and and Will uh, their parting is, is very sad mm-hmm. but, but it's satisfying at the same time uh bittersweet you might say uh then they have the great gag with with jack stealing the the middle of the map from barbosa mm-hmm. and he's on the little dinghy out in the middle of the ocean and it's like it's it's like he ends where he began yep it, or as george lucas would like to say it's like poetry it rhymes but here yeah. it actually makes sense to my brain uh yeah all that stuff's I, great i do wonder if that's just a product of this sort of format. Um, after having watched Back to the Future not too long ago, um, in that trilogy, and then this one doing the same thing, where there's a lot of setup and payoff, and it works pretty well. It's not... Yeah. I mean, the it, it hits what it needs to hit. These these movies, I would say, are not nearly as good as the other two, or the Back to the Future movies, but... Um, yeah. No, the Back to the Future movies don't have the 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 huge variances in in terms of like ups and downs that these movies do exactly um, like like those movies uh, you know even though the, the you know the second one has weaker moments but it, overall it's pretty consistent in terms of quality that you're getting definitely whereas you know especially with with, with this and dead man's chest there's just some flat out bad <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just not good um yeah. but again the payoffs do land and that really surprises me um I, I think it is a factor of them setting out and when they decided to make these two movies back to back they were like okay we're gonna at least make sure these are through lines and character arcs that happen although there's still some disconnect there which confuses me and we'll get into that um, you've got your list of whatever you called it and my trusty list of misgivings sure. I, I have it 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 has returned once again um I have a lot less notes for the second half of the movie than I do the first half, and yep. I, th- I think that says something. Um, pretty much my notes kind of thin out after all the weird double crosses and, and side deals when they meet up with Sal Fang, and then Beckett shows yep. up, and he talks with Jack. Like be- Once it gets past that, the movie becomes a lot simpler, and it and it works a lot better. Mm-hmm. There's... Pirates of the Caribbean works when it's simple. Yeah, there's, there's easily a movie where you you sort of you probably take some stuff out of the the second movie and take some you might even be able to to make the second and third into one coherent efficient movie that works really well um it'd be it'd be difficult but there's just even if it's a longer movie like there's so much going on in this movie that just doesn't need to be in there and the same yeah. goes for the first one uh, or the second one excuse me so do we want do we want to start by just tackling character by character I still haven't done my worst thing oh for some reason, I thought you had. Move on. Continue. 
I please, do have a lot of things. Please just say the I first do. ten or fifteen minutes of the of the movie. Just just <laughs> you copy me. Yeah. Um. Now I'm I'm gonna take a different road. Although I like I said I I think the first half of this movie is is kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Um. Calypso should not be in this movie. Sure. Just as a as a concept, it's kind of interesting, but execution ultimately she's kind of pointless. Yeah. She she. She is a plot device for the whole movie, but she literally turns into a plot device. Yeah. Like, she becomes a manifestation of a plot device when she turns into the Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. It's, it's strange. It's very strange. It It's too bizarre. There's not a whole lot of logic to it as to why it's there, and it just makes the movie feel more bloated than it already is. Exactly. Like, other than giving motivation to Davy Jones, like, what's... And even then, it's not really motivation for him because he's just angry because he left. It's because she left. It's him. more backstory for him. Um, it's back. Yeah, it feels. Calypso seems like the kind of concept where they should have made it some someone who doesn't show up until the very end, maybe or I don't know. Just well, because what if it's just, she, it, it's just the backstory without having to bring a character like that into this. What, but that's what, what I'm saying is, you, you Davy Jones fell in love with this sea goddess, and that's how he got his powers. Yeah. And then that's that's it. We're done. We don't have to deal with it again. Well, that's what I'm saying is, if it feels like it would be much a much more effective little note if maybe she shows up at the very end as almost like a cameo. It's just a little thing where. Or maybe it is some character who's been around a little bit, and then you realize at the end, oh, is that her? And it's not so much of a, oh, she turns into a, just, you know, 50-foot-tall woman lady and turns into pile of crabs, and that turns into a maelstrom? What? Yeah, it's kind of dumb when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's just, where, where it's, do you want to start? Overly- like much of the movie, it's overly complicated. Um, so, so Will and Elizabeth, or we could just go down my list of trusty misgivings, or not. not that's yet, not, not at yet. all. <laughs> <laughs> my trusty list of misgivings. I'm gonna come up with so many variations because I don't have the name quite down yet. It's gonna be fun. Also, I saw Kingsman two yesterday, so my brain is completely rattled. <laughs> Moving on. Um. What was I going to say? Do we want to start with Jack... Not Jack and Elizabeth. Um, Will and Elizabeth. We could talk about Jack and Elizabeth, too. But Will and Elizabeth and how they're... How do you feel overall about just what they do with them? The first half is garbage. The second half, pretty good. <laughs> yep. Because they continue the, the terrible soap opera mess that is Will sees Elizabeth kissing Jack. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Elizabeth is withholding this information that she left Jack there to die for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why she doesn't tell the rest of them that. She's like, oh, it was my burden to bear. And then Will says something about, you know, something else that he has. I, I the, the whole thing about him doing the double cross later, he's like, it was my burden to bear. So it's like, right. it's supposed to be like a repetition. It's dumb. Um, but then it gets to, like you and me were at, we were questioning like the whole time the last movie is like, Okay, so she keeps holding the compass and it keeps pointing at Jack. Does that mean she wants Jack? Like, what's going on? And she seems to be confused about what she wants. And then in this movie, she's talking to Will and she finally explains herself. And she's like, you thought I loved him. Yeah. And it's like, 
we kind of did too. We don't know what's <laughs> happening, lady. You need to tell us what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know. I got nothing. And then Will's whole motivation is weird because he is obsessed with getting possession of the Black Pearl. Yes. So he can quote unquote free his father. I don't know how getting the Black Pearl automatically gets him to freeing his father. Wouldn't it just be he wants to get the heart from the East India Trading Company? Yeah. But then again, this is the same idiot who automatically started fighting Jack because they both didn't realize they could just hold the heart for ransom until Davy Jones did whatever they wanted the last movie. So whatever, they're just idiots for the first half. Well, that's, that's what Jack Sparrow wanted to do, was hold the heart for ransom because he couldn't kill it because apparently the Kraken would just go crazy. And then yes. in this movie, they finally figure out, oh, if if you stab the heart, you become the Dutchman or whatever. And then, as in everyone else realizes that. I forget who, who tells him that. Is that Gibbs or is that... Somebody does. It pops up at some point where somebody just tells them plain as day and they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I... I... I can't remember, but I, I know Will has a conversation with Jack where Jack's like, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to do it. Maybe, it, you know, it'll it'll free you of your burden. You won't have to worry about it. And then Will's like, but you have to do the job or you'll end up like Jones. Right. So they do have a conversation about that, which I appreciate. Sure. But that happens all the, after all the stupid double crosses. Everything good that happens in this movie happens after that nonsense. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about their overall arc without, or at least how their arc resolves without talking about everyone else a little bit. Um, because first of all, I love, and I think there was something specific that I mentioned to you. I can't remember exactly, uh, how Barbosa is the one to marry them, which I feel like is uh, a very nice tie in because, well, you specifically pointed out when she's having her goodbyes with everybody, he, he, Barbosa goes, Mrs. Turner. Right, yeah, yeah. And, Which and, is a very nice callback to the first one where he, he was convinced that she that you know she was Bootstrap's daughter. Because she lied to him and said that. Because she yeah. lied to him, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a, it's a nice... It's subtle. Yeah. Like, I didn't think no. about... I didn't even consider that until you said that. I was like, ah, it's great. And, and just generally the fact that he marries them after their relationship was... His and Elizabeth's relationship was so you know, antagonistic, and obviously he was the villain in the first one, and I think that's a great sort of drive back. Um, I wish they had found a way for them to be together on screen longer, that way I could have seen their relationship develop a bit more. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mentioned at uh, at one point... Also, at no no point are they just... Do they ever talk about, like... It's kind of like the thing with Rigetti and Pintel in the previous movie where they never really talk about, oh, these guys tried to kill us once. Sure. Oh, I guess they're just on our side now. Sure. Um, they don't really have that conversation about Barbosa. Yeah, and I do think it... Probably, be- probably because that just happened off screen in between movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think it would be more effective, or it could be more effective, depending on how you played it, if Barbosa was the pirate captain who died and gave Elizabeth uh, his piece of eight. Although I do love that little payoff with the the Miss Turner and the fact that he marries them and everything. I think that works really well. So, yeah. 
probably fine as is, but I, I there is something there where you can. Well, I I think I think ultimately, if you're th- this goes into my big problem with the third act, where if you're going to have the pirate lords in there, have them involved in the final conflict. Sure. Um, if you're not going to have all the ships fighting in that huge battle at the end, don't have them there. Just have it be the Black Pearl versus the Dutch. Exactly. At least have. I mentioned this an an intimidation tactic of some sort apply where it's after they blow up the uh is it the endeavor is that the one that um Beckett's on at the end or is that something else whatever his I think so. his ship is I think after so. they destroy that then all the pirates you know the pirate fleet co- comes forward and then they all or I I think it would be even better if you had it where the entire pirate fleet's coming forward to meet the soldiers or whatever and then that's when the dutchman comes up and then so they destroy Beckett's ship at the same time as they're destroying all these other ships. Um, right. Like, there's battles and everything. And so then you get you just throw in some clips of, of oh, here's some uh, colonel... Colonels. Some some East India trading colonial, colonial words. People come in, you know, they're getting blown up on, on these ships and, like, some of the other, you know, ships they've got in there. Just, just little clips back and forth in between the Endeavor and Beckett's death. Uh, just to have the big pirate fight at the end. I don't think that would be that much more insane to try and do a CGI effect of, because it's essentially the same shots. You're just showing different ships and maybe showing some other pirates cheering and stuff while they're doing it. Um, yeah, they... Or you could just not have the Maelstrom and just have CGI ships in the background fighting. Yeah, I like the Maelstrom fight a lot, though. It's, it's pretty fun. It's a, it's a cool visual. <laughs> Ultimately, it serves no point in the story. But it's it's fun. I don't get what purpose it serves. I I, I don't really care. It, it's it's kind of like moving the bridge in X Men Three, where it's just like that's just kind of dumb. As George Lucas would say, see, see, I I actually I I think that it's a really good choice because then you you don't actually have to put much work into the background. You can just kind of do that in post. Um, and I think that that really adds to the immersion of the audience. So, it's got my vote. You talking to me this whole time? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I, I just enjoy the fight too much for me to complain that much about it. Um, the, the the fight itself is enjoyable. It's just a lot of the stuff around it yeah. kind of bothers me. It just. I guess for me, and I, it's... And I felt that way as a twelve-year-old watching this movie in the theater. I was just like, "Why do you have all these ships yeah. together?" And they're, and they're like freaking out about seeing that whole fleet of British ships if they're not gonna fight. Clearly, the best solution. If that's that's like that's like bringing all your chess pieces in, and then you just fight with like one pawn. Clearly, and then that's it. Clearly, the best solution would have been to have each ship individually get in the maelstrom with each opposing ship and so you've just got got just all up and down just a big big long row just happening i guess <laughs> was 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 their feeling that maybe it would have been too repetitive to just see a whole bunch of ships going at each other i don't know i think as the final battle maybe i mean i still think that the actual like legitimately i think the maelstrom works just because it's it's the final culmination of the black pearl and the dutchman fighting and it's sort of like the ultimate epic battle between the two of them and i, I just i think they should like i agree, i do think that it probably would have gotten repetitive it is literally just oh here's all these ships and they're fighting all these ships i i or, again i well, think it I, should be all of the pirate ships are 
moving forward. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, the focus of the battle, and, and you don't have to show necessarily one side winning, the, it's going back and forth and everything. It just, use them in some form or fashion. Show why they're there. Show yeah. that they're intimidating the, the British ships, and that makes them turn around. Something. Yeah. I, I still think that pretty much what you're saying, you, where you focus on the Black Pearl versus the Flying Dutchman, but instead of having the Maelstrom be your window dressing to pretty it up and make it look cool, you just have the ships fighting in the background. That's 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 all I'm saying. Yeah. Just just that's fair. Just just allocate your your special effects budget to this and not to this. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. We should probably move on. Probably talked a bit too much about that. Yeah. We were talking about characters and it brought us to that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. Um, back to the characters. So I love I love Will and Elizabeth getting married on the ship. Um, and also, it's it's that, just... that's a very fun moment, and it bothers me that five minutes later Will gets stabbed. <laughs> but the like whole that, point of them getting married is that they're like, "Holy crap, we might die." But that 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 scene is played like too much for like it's it's like goofy. Yeah. It's supposed to be kind of goofy. It's supposed to be kind of swashbuckling and and I mean yeah, but then it gets super serious real quick. Like I I have some tonal problems with that. Yeah. I think it's. I think it makes it powerful. I think it works very well on an emotional level to have them being, you know, they're 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 doing this specifically. It's nice because it's it's the kind of thing that a lot of movies would do, and then neither character actually ever really gets in danger, because the whole point yeah. is that oh they're you know they're they're scared for their lives and they're like you know what we we need we may not have ever have a better chance at this one of us might die let's do it now and so they do it, and it's a fun little scene and then one of them actually dies and it's like oh. They were right. They they did that. There was a reason they did that. There was actual actual stakes involved for them to need to do this. Um, and of course, the it, it only lasts so long because then you you get the tying into another character. Jack Sparrow is excellent. You know the the point where he stabs Will or stabs Davy Jones' heart with Will's hand and, and all that. That's excellent and, yeah. and it's great. It's a great character choice, and he gives up being the Dutchman and because that hey. Hey, Jack Sparrow, he's empathetic again. Yeah. Like, he cares again. Pretty much through the entire second half of this movie. He's... You remember in the last movie when he didn't care about anyone and I hated him? Yeah, pretty much. Well, the last, I like the him last again. movie and the, kind of the first half of this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Although, with with this movie, at least you have the excuse that he was in Davy Jones' sure, locker, so sure. his mind is far out there. Except that At least you kind of have that excuse. Except that now he starts acting more like the original Jack Sparrow from the Black Yeah, Pearl I know, it's, it's so bizarre. Because the the scene where he votes for Elizabeth in the pirate thing, that is excellent. That whole pirate scene, yeah. the pirates, um, pirate lord scene is, is fantastic. That would probably be my second favorite thing about this movie. Yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> um, this is madness. This is politics. Uh-huh. And it's it's hilarious, and it's, it's impactful, and there's characters doing character things, and I... I I don't know. It's 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 wonderful. Um, Barbosa's trying to give a dramatic speech, and then they're all immediately like, "We should kill him." Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great, and I don't know. It's it's a great way to because they have really played up the deal with Jack Sparrow wanting to be on the open sea, and like that's something that really shines through when you watch all three of these in order because that's. Um, sort of his motivation in the first movie yeah. where he really lo- he really just wants to be free and that's all that's all his goal is and i love that i love that his final choice 
is I'm giving up, I'm giving that up. I'm gonna, you know, I, to save my friend, I'm gonna give that up to save, you know, my friend and his his the girl that loves him and everything. I'm gonna give that up and I'm gonna let him take over the Dutchman, and that's great. I think that's a, that's that's such a better choice than whatever he does at the end of the second movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that. <laughs> and of course it is it is great at the end of where the the whole thing with him saying where where Gibbs falls asleep and, and he freaks out about it and Yeah. And and then the girls are just arguing about who gets the first ride on the ship. Yeah. And then he starts yelling at them and he's just like telling them he's yeah. he's telling them all the all the truths about the lies that he's been saying to them yeah. over the years. There's something about like pizza He's like, no, I've never met Pizarro, but I love his pies. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like what? And um, and then he. Can I just say, this is the best iteration of the Pirates of the Caribbean music. The soundtrack is excellent. It's so good. Yes, I, I would say, not not to really criticize the the music from the first movie too much, but it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as epic as it does here, and I think Which... that's mostly just Hans Zimmer. You know, knocking it up a few notches, sure. and it matches the the movie. I mean, the the first one, the score's yeah. a lot more subdued, and it's a it's a little more of a character piece. And of course, there's epic, yeah. cursed. This movie is a lot pirates. more bombastic. Yeah, this movie's a lot more over the top. It's a lot more adventurous. It's a lot more global. You know, they're they're going all over the place, and there's a lot more stakes involved and everything. So it, it makes sense that they'd be more crazy with it. Um, also, the the love theme between Will and Elizabeth is one of my favorite pieces of film music just hands yeah, down. it's really good. Um, and I really enjoy that they brought that back in number five. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Which is partially why I enjoy that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen either of those two, so I'm curious to see how that goes after watching this. But, um... But yeah, no, it's... I'm curious I'm curious to get your thoughts after the disappointment that was Dead Man's Chest. Okay. I didn't expect that to fall so flat, but it did. I'm excited. It'll be a good time. Um... But yeah, the the they do the they bring back a little thing where he and Gibbs do the um take take what you can give nothing back sort of thing, and then Gibbs and then Gibbs like a fist bump type yeah thing. Gibbs walks off after the ladies, and then and then Sparrow Jack Sparrow jumps back on the ladies. little thingy. Have you what do you know about sea turtles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great note to end on. I mean. I, I again, I haven't seen the next two movies, so we'll see how I feel about that. But the, they really—I don't think they really needed to. It's sort of like Back of the Future, where they just—they nailed it. They, for the most part, I don't think that at least the next movie. I don't think it really screws up the ending to this one. Okay. In terms of like, this is a good send off for the characters. I don't think that for the most because the next one's kind there of there is one there there is one specific element that bothers me about the next one, but for the most part, yeah. I think it does a good job staying consistent with this ending. Because the next one is more of a, a, a side adventure, right? Yes and no. Because okay. the whole thing is now Jack's got the map to find the Fountain of Youth. Right. It's about finding the Fountain of Youth. Right. Okay. So at least they stick with that through line. They don't drop it like some franchises do. Sure. Where it feels like, oh, this is what we're going to be exploring in the next movie and then nope. Gone. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? So yeah, I mean, every, I love... Uh, we've talked about how the Calypso thing doesn't really work. Because um, it doesn't. 
However, I do love that they actually set up throughout these two movies, even though it does go against how they act in the first movie, kind of, but I love how, uh, which Rigetti, I believe, um, is actually set up as kind of sensitive and thoughtful throughout these movies, yeah. and, and they build him up and where he's, he's trying to be more of a learned man, and he's, you know... You, you see him have... A, I, I forget what he... I, I think at the end of the last movie he has actual, like, interactions with Calypso. Um, just a little bit. Like, there's something she says that he... Some some sort of response he has to something she, she says that shows that he's actually emotionally caring and, and, you know, compassionate, whatever. And that he ends up being the one who says the Calypso, I release you from your human bonds, or whatever. I... I it's... <laughs> there's a... Uh, I didn't care for that scene at all. No, no, no. See, there's, there's a. It's, it's a nice character moment for him, but I, I ultimately think it's well. But not that's, worth I it. think that's more because of the Calypso thing. But I like that his character at least gets something yes. to do and, and gets something. To yes. Do well. There's a, there's a scene, or not a scene. There's a subreddit uh, for those of you who are familiar with the website Reddit called uh, ATBGE, and it's, it stands for Awful Taste but Great Execution, and it's for all these things like tattoos and cars and stuff that people do where it's something that is in concept very ugly but they did it extremely well um this is a fun little little thing and idea and that's kind of how i feel about this where it's the actual concept sounds extremely stupid and it is pretty stupid but they actually do something for a character with it which makes me happy um also i love the soldiers the, the, our, our, our little uh, soldier bros that show up at the end and they just jump on the pirate ship and they're like, yeah! We're pirates now! That's 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 fantastic. That's great. My favorite part is just at the end when all the Rigetti, Pintle, and Marty, and Cotton are all questioning Barbosa, and then you got those two morons just standing behind them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're a part of the crew. You remember these guys? It's excellent. Um, I do believe when they're all like that once when they've won the battle and they're all cheering and they toss their hats up into the air. I believe one of them goes, "Ah, shiver me timbers!" <laughs> oh no! Also, the bit where Jack has Gibbs throw his hat is, and then orders him to go yes. fetch it for him is that's perfect. I don't know what it is about these movies and hat humor, but it's just they—it's always perfect. It's always just right on the money. Um, yeah. Let me see. Who who else are we we rolling? Uh, Will Sword. You mentioned this in the last episode. Will's Sword has a character arc, yeah. or not not necessarily an arc because it doesn't really change, sure. but it has like a set a huge setup and a payoff. Hmm. Like it has a story that it goes. It's like it's like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but with a <laughs> sword. <laughs> oh, the 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 Pirate Hood of the Traveling Sword. There you go. Do you want to do you want to lay it out for the, the the audience? So Will makes the sword in 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 Curse of the Black Pearl, and Norrington gets it. And then I guess when Norrington is stripped of his title in Number Two, he loses the sword. Mm-hmm. Then in the third movie, Beckett gives it back to him. And while um, Norrington tries, he's he's helping Elizabeth and her, the South Ang's crew escape the Flying Dutchman. Uh, Will's father goes crazy and kills him because Will's father is being absorbed by the ship so his mind is kind of gone. Uh, 
he's lucid sometimes, but for the most part, he's gone. Right. And then Davy Jones walks up to Norrington and he goes, Do you fear death? And then Norrington stabs him with the sword. And of course, Davy Jones doesn't die. And he picks out the sword and he's like, This is a nice sword. And then he ends up stabbing uh, Will with it later. Mm-hmm. It's nice yeah. when you think about it. It's like, oh, the sword got made, it ends up leading to his death. It's not that big of a deal. No, no, it's, it's great. Really it it really is a great set of pain. I love that they, again... It just shows that they're thinking about attention it. Attention to detail. You know? I don't know. Again, they do great setup and payoffs with these, even if there's a lot of fluff and crap in between. Um... Whenever you want, I can start going down my list. I'm trying to think of other characters <laughs> that we haven't touched on. I think we've gotten pretty much everybody. We're probably missing someone big. Norrington's in it for a little while. Yeah. I mean, same as well. I don't... He redeems himself. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. Then he dies. I don't think they necessarily use him to the extent they probably could have. Oh, yeah. Beckett. Beckett is... His ending is one of my favorite scenes. His his death scene is one of my favorite <laughs> scenes of all time. It is so over the top and nonsensical. It's incredible. Just in terms of everything's blowing up around him, he should have been dead within like yeah. two seconds, but they show him slowly walking down the stairs. Shrapnel flying like, everywhere. With, with all the shrapnel everywhere, he would have been cut up and murdered like instantly. Sure. It looks fantastic, though. It looks it so good. It does. And... and... I don't know. I love it because it's it's a great moment of a static villain character, someone we're never really supposed to sympathize with. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 that kind that mold of villain played to the greatest possible execution as far as the it's just good business and, and that well, whole thing. I also like I, I like a moment when when your villain realizes how horribly they just lost. Yeah. Like, think about the first uh, Star Wars. There's no moment where you see uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and he's like, oh, dear God, I've lost. Mm-hmm. What did I do? And then he blows up. You don't get a moment like that. Sure. But with this, you get like a good minute and a half of him being like, oh, I screwed up. Yeah, where, where he just I? has time to realize <laughs> how horribly things went wrong. And I, lo- yeah. I love the little line where he's he says, oh, the Dutchman survived. Or, or oh, she survived. Or just, you know, yeah. as if... It, it's not even really a big deal to him. He's just thinking, yeah. oh, you know, that's, that's you know, cool. We've, we've, we've got him back. Good for them. And then he, he, he realizes just how, just how that, that went. And so, yeah, it's... it's yeah. I love that. Um, I don't know if I can get into anybody else without just jumping into your criticism, so... Uh, we could talk about Davy Jones, but we could probably sure. wait until I go down the list. I don't know because that kinda... that ties in a lot more with Calypso and stuff. Yeah, it's still kind of great that he ultimately gets undone. I don't know. I I think he's actually done pretty well because they give us the the underpinnings of him being a sympathetic character, but they also yeah. make it clear that he's the the scene where he confronts Calypso and she like touches him and he turns back into a normal guy. That's very nice. Yeah. It's a very well it's, done scene. It's great. It does a great job of showing us um, that he could be a sympathetic character, but he's also kind of too far gone. And, and yeah. he's... Because he cut out his own exactly, heart. Exactly. He's, he's been too corrupted to, at this point. And, and 
you know, he's never going to redeem himself, really. And they, right. they play that very well. Um, I think both villains in this movie work really solidly. Yeah. And Davy Jones, the special effects on him still look top-notch. Amazing. Yeah. Um, as I said during the Spider-Man 3 review, because I was pointing out how dated the special effects in that look, <laughs> this came out the same year as that, and this holds up so much yeah. better. It holds up. There's not really anything that I... The last movie, there was some stuff. The first movie, there was some stuff. Yeah. But this movie... I would say maybe the Kraken laying on the beach yeah. looks like a huge special effect, kind yeah. of. I, But it's it's fine. Which is almost... Could almost just be because it's, it's more jarring just because you don't really yeah. expect them to go that route with it. So... Right. You're ob- also, that, that has one of my favorite, like, Jack moments mm-hmm. in, in the movie where, um... Uh, Barbosa goes, the world's getting smaller, Jack. And he goes, no, it's not getting smaller. There's just less in it. Mm. I really love that. It's a great conversation, little conversation. Very humanizing. I feel like, and I feel like that's, that's something that, that most, a good chunk of, of the series misses in terms of Jack Sparrow as a character. They don't give him the subtler moments. They just have him be over the top and dumb for a lot of it. Mm. Instead of having, you know, those moments where he's contemplating and, he, and he's a bit somber. Mm-hmm. Not just, I'm drunk and goofy! Yeah. Look at me being a swashbuckling dummy. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Sure. I'm ready. Not really. I'm I'm not. I don't want another one of these movies. I don't want to have, like, another turn where I'm like, oh, that one's bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I genuinely enjoyed On Stranger Tides. I... I at least in previous viewings, I never would have said, this is a bad movie. I don't know about the fifth one. I've only seen it once. I'd, it's probably a bad movie, but I enjoyed it. So, yeah. But, like, I don't want another turn where I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so l- let me just let me just go down the list. Um, so the first scene of this, this Walt Disney family-friendly film... True. There's a whole bunch of people getting hung, including a little boy. Especially a little boy. In fact. Especially a little boy. Um, and of course, they have to do something extreme to show you why the British soldiers are complete pricks and they all need to lose. Um, yeah. So they take it to the nth degree. Because it, it is one of those things where it's like, if you're thinking outside of the context of these movies being like fun swashbuckling adventures, the pirates should not be the good guys. Mm. But it's the fact that, oh, the British, like, Beckett and his guys, they are so terrible. They will kill anyone that they want. Sure. So it's like, oh, well, they need to get gone. Like, somebody needs to take care of them, and the pirates are the only ones that'll do it. So I guess we're on the pirate side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my problem with with the opening scene, it's a good opening, opening scene. But the problem is we, that we have not had any prior references to the song being sung or the pieces of eight or the the pirate lords or any of that none of that is mentioned in the last movie mm-hmm. like like i feel when when tia dalma is talking about how they need to go get jack and then barbosa walks out of the corner there should be something there yeah. where they they're like the song has been sung and they're like what's that about and they're like we'll explain it in the next movie you know something but like when this movie starts it's just like why is there a whole bunch more world building that I'm like I'm not familiar with any of these exactly. elements? This feels out of nowhere. Even though these movies were filmed back to back, so you, so 
I feel like they should be a lot more connected in explaining that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying earlier, specifically about these plot points, where we're just kind of confused, in general. Yeah. Um, then they, they end up in Singapore, and there's just a lot of little nitpicks that I have throughout that whole bit. Because, sure. like, first off, they have Elizabeth, and she's singing the song... But she's, like, in a little dinghy riding across the water, and there's British soldiers walking by, and yet she keeps singing the song yep. for some reason. I'm like, if, if they hear you, they're going to they're gonna get you. Like, quit being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, so their whole motivation is they're going to South Fang because they need a ship and a crew to go get Jack out of Davy Jones' locker. How'd they get to Singapore all the way from the Caribbean without a boat? Very carefully. This swam. It's fine. <laughs> like, I, I, if they were able to get there, I don't see how they couldn't have just used whatever means of transportation they had to take them to, to At World's End. Sure. Also, by the way, that's a pretty cool title for a movie. Yep. That works well. It's a pretty cool title. And it works as both, like, this is the end of the trilogy and it actually speaks to what happens in the sure. movie. I like that. Um... Yeah, then we get them talking to South Fang, and they're like, we're all pirate lords, the song's been sung, we need to re- meet at Shipwreck Cove. How are Barbosa and Jack both pirate lords? Very carefully. Can you explain that to me, Tyler? I thought, didn't they mention something about that? I, I swear I'd... they said something about one of them got past somebody's... No, isn't that, is that not on the questionnaire that we're going to get to at the end? I thought I thought we found that there. Um. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will. I will talk about this handy dandy pamphlet that came with my DVD of At World's End. I'll talk about that later. Um, but still, it doesn't what make any the sense. Heck, because I I don't. No, but because they're just both pirate lords, and it's like, but that's convenient. But Jack was on, was was only a captain for like a couple of years. What a small world. It's a and no. That makes it feel super small. <laughs> um. And I mean, I guess the idea is that the pirates are a dying race, so you it's not that big of a deal. You can argue, oh, there's just not that many, you know, larger-than-life pirate personalities any, left anymore. Well, they need to say that. They need I to mean, have that in yeah, dialogue. They, they don't mention it. Like, yeah. at this point, I'm wondering why Gibbs isn't a pirate lord. That would be incredible. I always loved Gibbs. He's great. Can I get a... a I want a solo spin-off Gibbs movie. Where he's just like, like, have it be like an indie film where he's just like <laughs> stuck on a dinghy in the middle of the ocean for like a whole movie, and it's just like no. how he gets through his I, I, <laughs> through that ordeal. I, I want I want Requiem for a Dream, but with Gibbs, he's just like going through Tortuga, <laughs> like I don't know whatever drugs they had back then, but just just increasingly screwed up experience. I'm okay with this. Or getting Pintle can be in there too. Sure. Because why not? Sure. Um, so, Will, like, like I said earlier, Will's whole motivation is he needs the Black Pearl to free his father. That's why he's doing everything in this movie. Sure. How? Is it just. Because there's a line of dialogue briefly in the second one where it's like the Black Pearl is the only ship that can catch up with the Dutchman yeah. or can outrun the Dutchman. So, what's Will's plan? He doesn't have the heart. He has no leverage. How is it just like 
I don't know how he expects to free his father, and he never elaborates on that to anyone. Well, is the idea that he thinks he can trade the Black Pearl to Beckett for the heart? If if it is, he never yeah. says that in dialogue. I think that might be what they're going for. That's that. That's probably it. That's the answer that makes the most sense to me. But once again, it's not in dialogue, yeah. and it still raises the question as to why would Beckett want the Black Pearl that much? I guess. I don't know. Also, we don't really know if they realize that Norrington got the heart to Beckett and that Beckett yeah. has control. Like, at what point do they realize that Beckett has control over Davy Jones? I don't, I don't know, because, I mean, they'd realize... That, that's, a, that's not a really big deal. They'd realize that Norrington has the heart, I assume. Yeah, they realize that at the end of the second. But they wouldn't know where he took it, necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. Or if he was able to get back, because the last they saw of him, Davy Jones's crew was chasing sure. after him. For all they know, he's dead. Yep. I don't know. Um, and then they they get to World's End, and all the Jack Purgatory stuff is weird. A little too weird. <laughs> yeah. Like I I I do, I do like that. The, like how how it's like the perfect torture for him where he's just stuck on the ship mm -hmm. but he has nowhere to sail to and he's just stuck in the middle of this desert with a whole crew that is nothing but a bunch of copies of him mm -hmm. which isn't that, that's interesting it is but it's not really played the, at least the copies of him part is not played up very well because yeah it it just is sort of silly instead of I don't know yeah. They don't play There's the whole bit where he's like slowly trying to move across this bench so he can looks like he's about to ask a sheep out or something yeah. and it's it's just it, bizarre. It should I feel like this part of the movie should be a lot darker and there should be something about him confronting himself and even if he yeah. confront maybe if he confronted an undead version of himself. Like from or, the first or what movie. if it's like he what what if he sees all the characters like he sees Will and Elizabeth and Barbosa and they're all like berating him on his failures in the past or like yeah. his terrible decisions that he's made or you know something like yeah. that where he's constantly reliving like his demons <laughs> well even then we could we, that could be a place where we get some backstory as to like maybe what his childhood was like sure. or something I don't know something mm -hmm. um but yeah it's super bizarre and then how okay well, let me just go ahead and explain this because I didn't really pick up on this until very recently uh, the reason the crabs just start magically moving the black pearl to the, to the the water, um, right when everyone shows up like on the shore, is because Tia Dalma is controlling the crabs. I don't feel like that's Not, very well conveyed no. in the um, movie. I mean, it's sort of I don't know. It's very quick. Yes. So it's it's very hard to catch that, especially because, in hindsight, it makes more sense because we know that she ends up turning into a giant pile of crabs. Yeah. But it's it's very hard to catch that early on. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's interesting how many how, how how many similarities this has with the Matrix Revolutions, at least in terms of like the whole first act is. We need to get the main character who ended up in purgatory in the last movie as the cliffhanger. Like, yeah, we need yeah. to get them out of purgatory within the first act of the movie. It's kind of interesting how both of them kind of 
repeat that. Mm-hmm. Almost falling into this is much. This is much better than the Matrix yes, Revolutions, though. But it's almost much it's almost falling better. into the same trap of oh, we need the second movie to be dark, so you need to be left thinking maybe we need we need to have a huge cliffhanger that way we pull a Return of the Jedi and we get the most popular character out of a purgatory like scenario exactly. in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Despite it wasting too much of the movie's runtime. Exactly. Um, but yeah, then then they're like, we need to flip the ship. And then they get out of Davy Jones' locker. Fun scene. S- still kind of weird. It's very weird. <laughs> like this whole this whole section of the movie just feels like one long acid. Yeah, trip. really. Um, I love the overall lore behind it that they have to they have to be lost before they can find the end of the world. And they, the, yes. I love the ship flipping, and then and I, I love Regetti and Pintle's little thing where they tie themselves upside down, and then it completely backfires, and they're like, wait a minute. Um. And the part where... We'll, we'll tie ourselves upside down. That way, when we get back, we'll be the right way yeah. up. I still don't like... It's like... I, it's so dumb. It the logic of that is stupid, but it's great because it's the, the two of them. Exactly. Um, there's the random uh, Sao Fang pirate who gets destroyed by a cannon that probably shouldn't be there. And kinda, it, it, it should have fallen much It kind of just comes that. out of nowhere. Um, but overall, I think it's a really fun scene. I think it's a. I, I like the overall implications because that feels sort of like the kind of uh, magic that we got in the first one. I think the getting lost to, in order to find a place is more in line with that. Um, yeah, like like they're like uh, Barbosa says, yeah, we're good and lost now. How else are you gonna, supposed to find something that nobody's ever found if you're not lost? Exactly. And that feels very much in line with the first movie. The ship flipping stuff is a little over over the top. But it's still <laughs> a little. It's 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 still <laughs> also really cool. Um, yeah, and I think it doesn't stray too much out of the the bounds. Um, yeah, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I love how when they come out, <laughs> I got there. I don't I don't like how they set up everyone being against each other. I love that when they come out, they all draw pistols and it ends up... And they, yeah. they have, like, a standoff and then none of their guns actually work because they went underwater. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were getting pistols on. We can yeah. still use them as yeah. clubs! Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. Also, there there's the wonderful scene where... Jack and Barbosa are yelling at each other. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? Captain of the ship gives orders. The captain of the ship is yeah. giving orders. And then I, I'm I'm the captain. There, these are my charts. That makes you chart yeah. man. And then uh, like that whole exchange is and, great. And, and then, and then in, yeah. one of them yells at him. And he's like, "Both of you stow it. That's an order." I just thought with the the, the the issue of Captain being in question, I thought I'd throw yeah. my name in for consideration. And then he just, like, slowly backs away. The dialogue in this nice. movie is as tight as ever. Um, yeah. The specific dialogue, yeah. not not overall plot points. Exactly. Except for when Will and Elizabeth are actually talking to each other about their feelings. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's not... There, I think... You thought I loved him! I think Will's acting is better in, uh... Oh my gosh, I, I almost just got Kieran Knightley and Adam DeCorn confused again. I swear to goodness. There it was. <laughs> um, Rose Byrne was really good in this movie. <laughs> uh, but no, um, 
I, I do think uh, Orlando Bloom's acting is better um, in those types of scenes. I think he's grown into the role a little bit more over the last two movies. Uh, the dialogue's still kind of stiff. It's still, I don't know, it's a little rough. Little yeah. little woody wooden woody. Well, once wooden. again, I I don't think he gets enough to do in these movies to really judge him on if his acting but I'm gets saying, better or not. I mean, I'm just saying specifically in those romantic scenes, I I buy him more. I think in these two than I do in the. I think their chemistry yeah. gets better. I I have a huge issue with the end of that scene where she's like, oh, you know, I I, you know, we've been lying to each other and stuff. And it's my burden to bear or whatever. And then he he confronts her and he's like, you know, if if you're not going to, you know, tell me, if you're not going to trust me with with your decisions and stuff, how 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 am I supposed to trust you? And she says, you can't. And then she just walks away. I'm like <laughs> If you guys communicated with each other, I might care more. <laughs> yep. What is this Spider-Man 3? This no. <laughs> It's the third movie in a trilogy. That's all I'm saying. That that's that's what I, I raised the question when we were watching this movie. When you get to the end, and it's like, how much of me caring about the relationship is just because the, their theme is so great? <laughs> because for the first half of this movie, I don't really care about their stuff. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard for me to separate. More overall we get to know the characters in the first movie and then we're just kind of, because we're with the characters, we sort of develop an affection for them even if they haven't really earned that affection um, outside of the first movie. And and so then by the end, we're happy that they're together and everything. Yeah. Um, So let's go back to the Kraken bit where where they just, (laughs) they go to this island and they're just like, oh, hey, there's the Kraken. Yeah. That's that's super lame that they just killed that off screen, and that that just comes off to me as very much like, you know, we we don't want to have all the ships fighting each other. It's just like that's one less plot element we have to consider. Yeah. Just have it killed off; it's fine. Yeah, I had always been under the impression that Jack jumping in its mouth was supposed to kill it somehow, like he somehow killed it from the inside. I nope. I had never caught that thing, which is way more stupid. That Beckett was just like, oh, kill it. It's gonna die. I, I I'm, I kind of like that. It's more the fact that it. Wait, what? Beckett's line where he's like, "I thought you would have learned to obey my orders when I ordered you to kill your pet." It's, it works. I I don't I don't know. It works for. I, I have a love hate relationship. It works with for that. Beckett. It's just that you killed it off screen. That should have yeah. been like an emotional moment for Davy Jones. That makes us like, like, like inst- instead of of us opening the movie and just seeing Davy Jones like ki- destroying a whole bunch of ships, it should have been he is to kill the Kraken, and that's how we open the movie. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's kind of like in Transformers Four, where you see one of the Autobots from the original movies getting killed off, and you're like, "Oh, this is an emotional scene. I actually feel something." And then the rest of the movie's just Age of Extinction. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So moving on. <laughs> um Oh, we're we're I I'm going back and forth a little bit with my notes here. I apologize. Guess I was thinking of more stuff as I went oh, along. No. This this goes back to um when the, right before they get out of Davy Jones' locker. 
because they see a whole bunch of souls, like lost souls, just floating yeah. in the water. And Tia Dalma's explaining, oh, Davy Jones isn't here to, to ferry them to the next world. But then you see Elizabeth's father and a whole bunch of other people in, like, boats. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference between these two groups? And, like, are they headed to the afterlife? Or are they just stuck there in this purgatory-like state because Davy Jones isn't there to ferry them? I don't know. Why have Tia Dalma there to explain stupid things if she's not going to actually <laughs> explain them? Once again, why I think Calypso should not be in this movie. I do not have any of the answers you're looking for. Yeah, so so we'll just leave that there. Just put a pin in that, and we'll never come exactly. back to it ever again. Um, and then right after all this stuff, then we get into Sal Fang capturing them and giving them over to Beckett. And then there's like 50 different double crosses. Ooh. And I don't care how many times you've seen this movie, there's way too much stuff going on in the span of like three minutes. Also, that is, again, much like Return of the Jedi, in that they have all the characters kind of bouncing around and coming together in a weird way, as opposed to just, oh, hey, let's go do this thing. All right, we did the thing. We got the character back. Yeah. Yeah, strange. It's like, I I don't get the point of them, like, meeting up with Sal Fang and everything, if it's just like, oh, he's just going to get killed off in the next scene. (laughs) I mean, it's, I guess it's, the idea, very... it's supposed to set up Elizabeth becoming the pirate king exactly. or whatever, but there's got to be a better, more efficient way to do that, right? Yeah, that's that's my argument. Um, like having Barbosa get killed off, like you said, we never really, or something better than we that. We never really buy her relationship with Salfang, because he's kind of just weird and creepy. and Because he is under the impression that she is Calypso. Which is fun. I do like that. But it never really goes anywhere. I don't really care for that because at no point does he look at Tia Dalma and goes, "You're kind of weird." <laughs> well, you can argue, oh, he's trying to look for the the beautiful, you know, goddess of the ocean as opposed to, you know, I don't know. Well, it's really convenient that that uh, Kira Knightley's attractive, ain't it? <laughs> well, that's why she, you know, that's why she's a romantic character in these movies. I kind of wish Natalie Portman not, played Tia Dalma. It's just like, what's going that would on? Be incredible. <laughs> See, Natalie Portman. I mean, sorry, uh, Kieran uh, Rose Byrne. Uh, Emma Watson is a great character. <laughs> <laughs> Hayden Christensen is a better actress than Emma me. Stone. Emma Stone. She dyed her hair brown for the role. Kirsten Kirsten Dunst. Just start listening. Anna Paquin, Ellen Page, Fonka Johnson's in this. <laughs> They're all the same. Anne Hathaway. Every Daisy actress. Ridley, Felicity Jones. Every actress in Hollywood is exactly the same. That's correct. <laughs> there is only one actress in Hollywood. It's Angelina Jolie. Yes, right? It is Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny. <laughs> it's really not. Uh, Hollywood, get your crap together. <laughs> Let's make Kingsman 3 great again. Am I right? No problem. Am I right? Move on. Uh, next, next thing. I'm shooting down your... your. 
I, I don't like the double cross, triple cross, five million deals happening at one scene, but I do like how it ends with Jack setting off the thing and he gets launched in the air. Yeah. Because Beckett has the line where he's like, you're mad. And Jack goes, well, thank goodness for that, because if I wasn't, this probably wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's Again, dialogue. It's it's snappy. It's on point. And then uh, they're like, which which ship should we pursue? Oh, go after the Pearl. And then, like, the mast, like, the ship <laughs> falls apart. And the one guy goes, do you think he plans it out or makes it all up <laughs> as he goes? And Beckett just looks at him like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it really is. Um. Also, I believe that that second guy, I think he shows up in the next one. I think he's been in the, huh. since the first one. Interesting. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that same actor shows up in several of them. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to differentiate between um, all of them when they're all wearing, like... The same thing. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> pretty much from here, I, I only really have problems with, like, the logic of Davy Jones falling in love with the sea goddess and that not really being explained. And then my my problems with the final battle as, you know, as it's set up. Sure. That's really all I've got left. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Also, I think Elizabeth becoming the leader... That should have been built up more over the course of this trilogy, because for for most of the second movie, she's just like a non character. It feels like we've got about maybe half the build up for that. We we've got a good yeah. character foundation for that to happen, but in this movie, they should have sort of just rocket her to the top. Um, yeah, yeah. She has a pretty good speech. Yeah. Um, I was comparing it to Felicity Jones's speech in. Uh, Rogue One and trying to explain to Tyler why I think it does not work at all there and it works here I think it all has to do with delivery yep. Kira Knightley like she is angry and she's upset in this scene and, and I think that that and again that works a lot good dialogue. yeah but like Felicity Jones I like I think the speech itself is corny which go, speaks to what you're saying but also she, she like puts no emotion into it like she's not fired up when she has that speech now, by Felicity Jones, or, you you mean Natalie Portman, right? I mean Daisy Ridley. <laughs> I like this theory. I don't. <laughs> it's all the same. Clones. Clones, man. George Lucas was onto something. <laughs> Cam- hashtag Camino is real. <laughs> um... I do have one last big logical question slash maybe complaint. Um, And it goes back to what I said in the first one where I think the ship-on-ship battles ultimately pointless and kind of a waste of time because Barbosa's crew is invincible. So this fight can only end one way. Is Davy Jones's crew invincible? I don't think that's the idea what we're supposed to get. I... Because they don't say either way, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure. I think, ultimately, they're harder to kill. Some of them have weird biological mutations, like the guy with the head shell. Um, Davy Jones, I think, is immortal specifically because he cut his heart out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about... I, I, I'm pretty sure we're not necessarily supposed to take him as immortal. 
I don't know. It's hard to, yeah, it, um, they really do not is, say. Is it, is it like how elves are explained in Lord of the Rings, where it's like they can live forever as long as they aren't, like, stabbed yeah, or I shot with arrows? Yeah, I think that's more what they're getting Is it at. like that? Because they need to explain they live, that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they, I think the idea is they... Is it like, they are immortal for as long as their deal with Davy Jones is, unless they get shot or stabbed? Yeah, something like that. But they need to explain that in dialogue. Sure. Because otherwise... Once again, this this final scene seems kind of pointless unless their whole thing is our goal is to get the chest and stab the heart. Sure. That is the point of this battle. But they don't really Say, talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what's happening. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but pretty colors, pretty lights. I mean Jack Sparrow they now have a now a special effect just standing on top of the, the thing on the ship, not holding on to anything. And I'm supposed to buy it. They now have a giant pit to throw them in. Even if they are immortal, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that really bothers me. Jack holding on yeah. to the chest and he's standing on top of the thing. And he's not holding on to anything else to get his bearings. And they're in the middle of a maelstrom. It and he's standing there like a Matrix character yeah, or there, something. Yeah, there, there should be some at least some rope or something for him to grab onto and like... Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's way too over the top. Yeah. And, and it speaks to the, the slow cartoonification of Jack Sparrow as a character in these movies. Sure. Although, it's not really slow, it's just more back and forth. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's that's really all of my the problems I had with the movie. Yeah. And a lot of them aren't as, as big of a deal as I made them out to be, but I do think some of them significantly impact my enjoyment. Definitely. And we didn't really go into as much about the backstabbing stuff in the beginning, and it's just very hard to untangle. There, well, it, it just speaks to there's too much stuff going on, we don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. And that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Um, I think that... Also, they they keep Will underwater for way too long. <laughs> like, that scene starts, and, like, supposedly they, they have him stuck underwater. And then, like, three minutes into that conversation, they lift him up, and I'm like, he's dead! Or did they already cut out his heart? Yes. <laughs> it happens. Also, I, I, I do appreciate the scene where his dad grabs the knife that he gave him and, like, all the crew start walking in. They're, they're chanting part of the ship, part of the crew, and it's, like, it's super dark. Yep. That's one thing I can I can give these movies credit for. I'm like, when it wants to be dark, it gets dark. Yep. And then, like, Will and Jack have to, like, parachute out of there. It's, it's pretty messed mm -hmm. up. I like the bit where they shoot the monkey out of the cannon. <laughs> That's pretty funny. There's some tonal issues. For sure. Not nearly as bad as the last one, I would say. No, 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 no. It goes a little darker, well, and it never... I, I think it's more just... It's more just we were having fun with this one, unlike the last yeah. one, so that stuff didn't bother us as sure. much. It goes a little darker, uh, maybe even a lot darker than the last one, but it also never gets as lighthearted and silly. Yeah. Um, and the sillier stuff, it gets out of the way towards the beginning with all the, the uh, weird... Jack in Davy sure, Jones Locker sure, stuff. Yeah. For the most part. Except for when he's talking to two versions of himself and then there's a version of himself like he's been trapped on the Jolly Roger and he's licking his brain. Yeah. Did I say the Jolly Roger? What's the name of Davy Jones' ship? Fly Flying Dutchman. Dutchman. There we go. <laughs> um, 
I was there. I go. was wondering where you were going with that, and I just assumed I miss miss her or inter. No, the Jolly the Roger scene. is the name of Jack's brain. Okay, I don't know. Sounds good to me. I don't know. And then there's the weird bit when when the Jacks are talking to each other, and then he's like, "No, no, no, hold it still. I dropped my brain." Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. That should have been cut. <laughs> This movie's too long. It really it's, is. it's like near three hours. Yeah. It should have been cut by like half Especially an hour. Especially that first And I, I do think you could do that. There yeah. needs to be a much better transition from the first movie to the second movie. I think that's the bottom line. Or the second to the third, sorry. Yeah. Agreed. Now let me talk about this pamphlet, which might now be my worst thing about this movie. Sure. So, there, there, I've never seen this before. So... I, I've got I've got this little one sheet that came with the DVD for At World's End, and on the front it's it's just like a scene selection. It's got the this, the list of all the scenes of the movie. It makes sense. It's got it's got a small list of the bonus features. It's got some pictures from the movie. Fine. Sure. Hello, pen. Just drop my pen. Um, but then on the back, pirates' secrets revealed. Top questions moviegoers had about Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And then it's just got this list of a whole bunch of questions, supposedly, that audiences had. And vague to specific answers that address And none of them are questions that the audience would have, I feel. Most of them are just explaining the logic of Will being the new captain captain of the Flying Dutchman and what that means for him and Elizabeth. Like, that's like half the questions. Also, half the questions end with that story is yet to be told, which is pretty great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. And 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 uh, what, what you talked to you know you spoke to beforehand. Barbosa was Captain Jack's first mate. So how can he be a pirate lord? At some time in the past, the pirate lord of the Caspian Sea passed his piece of aid to Barbosa. This is a story yet to be told. No. <laughs> oh! If you're looking for answers on this thing, there are none. What's what's the one? <laughs> There's one that's super specific. In a way that if someone had been paying attention to the movie, they wouldn't have that question. Their question would be a lot more, wait, what happened? Do you remember which one? Uh, I mean, there's the one that explains Will, has, he gets one day to step on land every what ten years. What is that question? Since Will honored his destiny on the Flying Dutchman, in ten years does he get to return to land for good, thereby freeing his father and crew? I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of. There's another one where I was... I want to know where they came up with these questions. I kind of feel like an intern was just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's one that's explaining what Tia Dalma is yelling at them when she grows into a giant woman. Um, She's yelling insults at the pirates in her native tongue. Which I would have taken... I took that bit as, oh, she's just like doing weird enchantment type things so she can turn into a bunch of crabs and then turn into a maelstrom. Yep. Not yelling at them. These are not the questions I have about the movie, I must say. Also, the last question is how did Prison Dog escape Pelagostos Island? To which they respond, he rode on the backs of sea turtles lashed together with his fur. Screw this pamphlet! Worst thing about the movie, 0 out of 10 would not recommend (laughs) That's good. I like Jack Sparrow's dad. Keith Richards shows yeah. up as an awesome cameo. And he's got... He has... The, 
I do like how they actually bring in the pirate's code and it's this huge book. Yep. I enjoy that quite a bit. And then the dog shows up and it's like sea turtles, mate. It's great. It's great. It's great. I don't know. I feel like I need to watch the last 15 minutes of this movie again to make me feel better about it. But after talking about it, I'm just like, there's a lot wrong with this movie. It's very flawed. I'm going C+. Okay. I, I, I... Let me see. Let, like, you continue talking. I'm going to see if I can find my pen that I dropped. <laughs> Apologies for the sounds I will be making. My chair is very old. I, I really want to give this movie a B-, minus because I like it a lot. But there's a lot of problems. There are issues. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't quite go that far. Yeah, I'm gonna go C. Um, I kind of feel bad about giving Dead Man's Chest a C minus now. <laughs> yeah. Are you I, saying I it should think be this lower? One is all... Yes, okay. I'm saying okay. it should be lower. Yeah. To, to help balance it out with this, because I do think this is a lot better. I think it's a more enjoyable watch than Dead Man's Definitely. Chest. But, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, actually, a, a C makes sense to me. It's half good, half bad. Yeah, that's fair. I just, I, I think there's sense. a lot of really strong, um, payoff at the end that makes me, tips it up a bit for me, um. And ending is endings are hard. It, they, they did they did a good job with it. Yeah. Just everything else they could have used some. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. Do we have anything else to say about at World's End? I think we're good. Um. So you can find us online at herecomethesequels.gmail.com. No. <laughs> <laughs> You can find us online. Uh, you should do a you should do a compilation episode where it's just every time you screw that up. I feel like it doesn't happen that much. At least not in a lot. Uh, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter at hctsequels. Uh, and we're on iTunes. We're also on YouTube. Um, we need to get that we have a URL for that, but it's very complicated and confusing. We need to get that figured out. Uh, I think now you've uploaded enough that you can change the title, and like we also will show up on searches and stuff, I believe. I if, have if uploaded mistaken. the first five episodes. Okay. So, and these are these are not video, obviously. It's just audio. Well, I mean, they are technically videos. Sure, but, but I mean, it's just... It's literally just like wallpapers of the movie, a little caption that says what the what episode it is, and then the audio for the episode. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Just to just in case again you have that YouTube red swag. I don't know. Um Or you, you wanna you wanna recommend our podcast to people and they're like, I don't watch or I don't listen to podcasts, I don't wanna have to deal with that on iTunes. That sounds sure. horribly complicated and you tell them, just go on YouTube. Yeah. Be fine. Um yeah. Give us a five star review on iTunes now that I just bashed iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like us discussing the the ups and downs of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? Give us a five star review. There's no good way I can sell this, M- is there? <laughs> more like Pirates of the Caribbean 
No end to five stars. It's, that was about you, as terrible as I expected it to be. You can't say at five stars ends because the fi- they ju- it just doesn't stop. There's just always more five stars. Very disappointment <laughs> to me. Stay rogue, everybody. I just had PTSD to watching Kingsman 2. It was just I'm cutting this. Bitter, I'm cutting all of bitter this. disappointment at my The soul. podcast is just going to be me talking. Yeah. Can I keep going for like the next half hour just ranting about Kingsman no. 2? <laughs> don't see that movie, everyone. Unless you want to. I don't really care. Next week we're doing on Stranger Time, like, and hopefully I will have gotten over Kingsman too. More like five stars too. Kingsman: The Golden Five Star Circle. No. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> what about? You you have no right to talk. More stop, like stop, Kingsman, video, the five-star so service. Secret five-star is Everyone's fine. Everyone stopped listening <laughs> at, at this point. Like, we've got no one. It's just the two of us. We've actually now. made everyone delete the, the podcast from their subscribed podcast. They're, yeah. they're done. Yeah. Good job, Tyler. You're welcome. It's all on you, good man. Thing, the good thing is our YouTube views, they'll, they'll continue on until this episode, because you're, you're we haven't gotten here yet, so... Oh, you can never upload it. this episode to, to YouTube, but otherwise we're good. Okay. Hey, less work for me, am I right? Stay rogue, everybody! Sorry about that.